The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. What's good, y'all? It's your boy, Just Blaze, host of Above the Rim. Subscribe and tune in each week to hear me and a special guest discuss the latest in the NBA the way you want to hear it, with the topics that you want to hear. Keep it locked. By all accounts. Are they going to get better? Adding a ball-stopping guy who don't want to play defense, don't want to go to the bench. I actually believe, Chris, the Houston Rockets got worse. I think they're going to go from 65 wins to about fifth in the West. Who are you starting? I had a, I had a couple of Anthony. Who? Who is this? Tariq Black. I'm excited about this squad, man. I really am. And everybody knows who the leaders are. 13 to 3. They're going to lead us. Everybody else has to fall in line. They don't fall in line. That's what I'm here for. Make sure you don't get lost. <laughs> Talk about it. You are now tuned in to Above the Rim. Family, family, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Above the Rim, episode 70, that is brought to you by your honorable host, as always, it's your boy Justin, aka Just Blaze, and of course you can find Above the Rim anywhere you get your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and it will be available on Spotify soon, so look out for that as well. Uh, to get in contact with me or the show, you can follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. IG is JustBlaze513. On Facebook, you can search Above the Rim Podcast. And also, email the show as well at the email address. That's Above the Rim NBA Podcast at gmail.com. Above the Rim NBA Podcast at gmail.com. If you have it to be feedback as well for the show responses or you want to ask me a question or you want your voice to be heard on the show, call up the Talk About It line. Talk about it. Leave your boy a voicemail and let me know what's on your mind. That number is 908-718-1592, family. Send in those responses. Send in those voicemails. You can send me an email as well with responses to the questions. My man CL also just sent me an a email. Uh, we're going to be going through a little bit of that as well. And uh, family, send those in, man. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you, most definitely. Especially this week. I want to hear from you. Opening day is coming up, man. Let's get to it. This episode is called See You in June. See you in June, family. Of course, you know we're talking about the Houston Rockets. See you in June. I hope y'all enjoy that intro. A couple of the haters had to shout out. 
and be ready for the season, man. So this episode, I'll be discussing some players and some teams that I'm looking forward to watching this season. A couple of guys on my radar this season, my predictions for each NBA award, and most importantly, why the Houston Rockets will be hosting that Larry O'Brien Championship Trophy in June. But first, I want to talk about some of the guys on my radar this season. One of the guys on my radar that I'm looking out for this season is Brandon Ingram and Brandon Ingram's progression. Listen, I've been on record, been on Twitter, I've been everywhere saying that Brandon Ingram, he will be an all-star this year. He will become an all-star in the Western Conference. I think he will be, and I think he's going to become the number two scorer to LeBron, which, you know what? You know what's crazy? Right now, it doesn't sound as far-fetched because now we're seeing how the Lakers are playing this preseason featuring Brandon Ingram, having him start alongside LeBron James. And But when I first said this, this was weeks ago, before preseason, this is when the team came together, when I saw Brandon Ingram, when I saw, excuse me, when I saw LeBron join the Lakers and I saw the fit between LeBron, Ingram, and Kuzma, I said, hmm, Obviously, all three aren't starting. I wouldn't start all three. One of them has to come to the bench, come off the bench. Originally, I thought it would be Brandon Ingram coming off the bench because I thought Magic liked LeBron starting at the three and keeping him at the three position, which he has been for his, his entire career. But I like what Magic did. Moving LeBron to the four. I like it. Starting Brandon Ingram at the three. Perfect for Ingram, having Kuzma come off the bench. Kuzma is a scorer. That's what he does. He can come off the bench and be a lightning rod for offense. So I like that move. And now, Brandon Ingram, I believe, will take the next leap in his career. Last uh, last year, I believe he averaged, what, about 16? I think this year he's going to get you about 20 to 22 points per game, four rebounds, and four assists. I talked about it last week. I'm put up a shutout, volume three, with my man Job. The man's going to get over 20. 20 to 22, four rebounds and four assists. And I think he's going to shoot well from the floor. I think Ingram this year is going to take a major leap forward. I think LeBron is going to give him that confidence that he needs. All he needed was a little bit of confidence. And all he needed was to not be the number one option on your team. Brandon Ingram as a number two, I like. And he's only 21 years old. His ceiling is out of control. So I'm looking out for Brandon Ingram this year. He's high on my list for what I'm watching out this year. Also, staying in La La Land, the battle between Lonzo Ball, Ball control. and Rajon Rondo, that positional battle, the point guard positional battle in, on the Los Angeles Lakers. This is going to be the most intriguing position battle going on in the NBA this year to me by far. On paper, Lonzo seems to be, seems to be the better fit to start alongside LeBron. Gets the ball out of his hands quick, pushes the pace, can spot up, and is very unselfish. Rondo, Rondo, on the other hand, loves to dominate, control the offense, set up plays, etc., etc. But I noticed in the preseason, though, LeBron had, excuse me, LeBron, Rondo has been pushing that damn pace. They have been playing Showtime-esque basketball. He's been feeding everyone, and he looks great. Rondo looks in shape. Man, Rondo looks great this postseason, I'm not going to lie. LeBron, I'm... I keep saying LeBron. <laughs> Rondo looks very hungry. And because he looks very hungry, that's why I'm worried about this positional battle because he doesn't look like he wants to really come off the bench. I think it's best for him to come off the bench. 
but I don't think he really wants to come off the bench. And I think, Magic, you, you remember early in the season, they reported that the position was quote-unquote up for grabs. There was no particular starter. Ideally, you would want Lonzo as your starter because he's your building block for the future. He is the point guard of the future. But if Rondo was playing better, how could you deny him? That's also something that I'm looking out for this year. But I, I, me personally, I still like Rondo with that second unit. I like him coming off the bench, controlling that second unit, being the focal point of that second unit, controlling the offense, and and being as a, a mentor and a guide to calm these guys down because that bench is a little wild. Rondo on the floor with Lance Stevenson, Kuzma, uh, Beasley, KCP or, and or Josh Hart. That's a wild little bench. <laughs> My man, born ready. I'm ready for you. Born ready. I definitely want to see born ready. This year. I'm a big fan of born ready. People know that. Um, yeah, so I'm paying attention to that position of battle out there in La La Land. And um, man, the next one that I have written down, I had to scratch this one. I feel bad. It was it was a uh, a terrible disaster. Dejounte or Deontay? I don't know how you to pronounce it. Dejounte. Um, Dejounte Murray's growth into a starting role. That's what I had in my sheet. Is one of the things I'm looking out for this season. And unfortunate news that we all heard today: Torres ACL preseason game against the Rockets, and is most likely done for the season. Unfortunate, man. It's going to be his third year in the NBA. Last season, he had with the Spurs. First time as a full-time starter on the Spurs. He averaged eight and five, three assists. He played very well. Wasn't about the stats for him. He managed the game very well, and I think he learned a lot. And this year was his year to rise. This was his year to make that leap into becoming a full-time starting point guard for the for the entire season and, and lead usher in the new generation of the San Antonio Spurs, man. Last year, he was all-defensive second or third team. I believe it was second team, DeJounte Murray. I believe he was second team, I don't know, second or third, one of them. But that's huge honors in the second year to become second or third team on defense. It's huge, man. So I had, I had big... Uh, a lot of optimism going into the season for DeJounte Murray. So, man, that's that sucks. It's 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 really sad to uh to hear that, man. It's really sad. Another thing I'm looking out for this season. The entire Washington Wizards squad. But John Wall and Austin Rivers very, very, very closely. I'm watching these brothers very closely this year. I got my eye on the Washington Wizards. I tell you right now. So let's start off with Austin. Austin Rivers. Everybody knows I was a, uh, uh, I watched the Clippers a lot, so I paid attention to Austin Rivers and his game a lot when he was out there playing for Doc. And this is the time for Austin to finally come out of that stupid stigma that the media puts on him because he played for his dad and for the Clippers, Doc Rivers. Oh, it's always been the dumbest shit in the world to me. I, I don't know if you guys notice, every time they have a, national TV game or a primetime game, they always have to put up that chart with father or best father-son combos, and they always have to go through the entire story, regurgitate the same story over and over about how he feels about playing for his dad. I was so sick and tired of that shit. I was so sick and tired of it. They were drilling it to the ground, and it was ridiculous. So it was always dumb to me, and they always forget the fact. Because of that, he gets a bad rap, first of all. And then after that, they forget the fact. Now, the man, he's been balling for about three years now. He's been balling. 
for a solid three years now. Last year, he averaged 15 points per game, a career high last year that people forget. The year before that, he averaged 12, coming off the bench, backing up CP3 as a combo guard for the Clippers. But last year, he got a shot to start, averaged 15 last year. Those are very solid numbers. Don't sleep on Austin Rivers. He was scored. Don't forget, he was the number 10 pick in the draft. The same draft as Anthony Davis when he got drafted to the New Orleans Pelicans. He was the number one high school player in the year, I believe, when he played for Winter Park in Florida. Austin Rivers, he can ball, man. I mean, he can ball. He just have to have an opportunity. And I think this is the right opportunity and the right situation for him over here, over there in uh, Washington. Backing up John Wall, barking up Bradley Beal. I think he's going to have a healthy, good pressure on him to be the third combo guard in Washington. I see him fitting in there very well. And I do see him playing in three-guard sets with John Wall, Bradley Beal, Austin Rivers. Because if you look at them, all three of them, they're damn near the same size. John Wall is 6'4", 6'5", probably 6'4". Bradley Beal is about 6'4", 6'5". Excuse me. Um, Austin Rivers is 6'5", as well. That's a nice little three-guard combo, along with the additions of Jeff Green, along with the additions of Dwight Howard, and we'll see how that works out. I think the Washington Wizards are in for an interesting year. I'm looking out for them. And John Wall. I'm really looking at John Wall this season. I had him on put up a shut-up volume three last week with y'all. I'm looking out for John Wall, man. Listen, this season... John Wall needs to fully establish himself as the best point guard in the Eastern Conference this year. He played in just 41 games last year, half of his games, not a lot. He was hurt a lot last year. Five-time All-Star, he averaged nine assists last year. And that was his lowest assist total in four years. A down year was nine assists for John Wall. Let's not forget, this man puts up numbers. He averaged double-digit assists from 2015 to 2017. But my issue last year... He did. He also only averaged 19 points per game last year, which is a little unacceptable to me. If you're the star player of the Washington Wizards, if you're trying to put your stamp on this franchise, put your stamp on this team, you got to give me at least 21. Give or take 21. 20, ah, I know it's not that far from 19, but the 20 looks better. So I, I would say John Wall has to give me this year 22 and 9. He can give me 22 and 8. I'll be very comfortable with 22, 8, 3 or 4 rebounds, 2 steals, shooting a better percentage from the field and a better percentage from 3. He's got to improve on his 3-point shot this year. He's got me at least 20, 21 or 22 and less douchebag leadership. John Wall has got to become a better leader this year. I'm tired of the reports coming out there. The rest of the Wizards talking about everybody eats when he was out last year. Boy, if you don't get... Everybody eats Gortat out there talking smack so he had to get traded away. Bradley Beal talking a little spicy. So they were getting a little disrespectful. <sighs> John Wall. Get your team under control. You bought them Rollies a few years ago. I don't know. I don't know if you guys remember, but he bought the team Rollies. Uh, I think when he be, I believe when he got his first check, when he got the, when he signed that extension from the Wizards. And man, it should have been a little bit more appreciative. So John Wall, what are you doing? I, what are you doing? I need you to get your team back. Get your team in order. So I'm be looking out for John Wall, Russell Westbrook, and his maturity level. I'm also looking out for that this year. Is this year that he finally scales back to selfishness? and utilizes his teammates more. 
I'm tired of these good to great players going to OKC and coming out worse than they did before. The additions of Schroeder this year, Nerlens Noel. Can Russ finally play off the ball for majority of the game? Can he do it? That's always been the question for Russell Westbrook. Can he calm down a little bit so he can become a better player? It's more so addition by subtraction with Russell Westbrook in terms of his game. I need Russell Westbrook to do a little bit less in order for the team to do more. It makes perfect sense. I need him to finally become a little bit more patient. Become the patient off book. All right, patient. Maybe that's a little bit too too much for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Boy, maybe that's get- a little bit too much, but I need him to come a better off-ball scorer this year. And I think I need him to allow Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder, whatever, to control the offense a little bit more, become the primary playmaker, become the point guard, and Russell Westbrook become the two guard and have Paul George at the three. I think it will be a lot better that way. And I think it will bode much better for that team. So we're going to see how Russell Westbrook transitions this year, how the Brody translates. So Q, QS, <laughs> we looking out for Russ this year, man. Sacrificial lambs. I'm also looking at Blake Griffin this year and his mindset. How great do you want to be, Blake? How great do you want to be? I really want to know how great do you want to be? Because now I'm starting to question it a little bit. Unfair or unfair, I didn't like how last season turned out for you at all. I was very disappointed how the season turned out. Granted, I understand you were a little emotional. It was an emotional season last year because you got traded after the, the, the Clippers did do you dirty, mind you. They did tell you where you're going to be the franchise star. They did sign you to the five-year with $190 million, $190 million contract. They did do that. But I didn't like... I liked him a little bit on Detroit in the first couple of games, but then he kind of tailed off to me because I thought they were going to be able to make the playoffs and they disappointed me. I thought they would have. But this year... Like he's approaching one of the most important seasons of his career. He can either fade away in Detroit and become just another solid player who used to be great, or he can reestablish himself as an all-star and a franchise-level player for Detroit. And I think he can be a franchise all-star-level player for Detroit. That's why they brought him there, and I think he has the potential to do it. And I know he can do it because I've seen him do it before. So he can do it. Blake, I don't believe Blake is 30 years old yet. I think he's about 29, if I'm not mistaken. So he's still a relatively young guy. This, this, I know it's not his prime right now because I, he lost a little bit of his athletic abilities, but Blake Griffin still has that talent. He can be the primary playmaker on your team. He can shoot threes now. Blake Griffin is no slouch. He's no scrub. While the rest of the league goes small, the Pistons are going in the opposite direction and going big. Andre Drummond to pair with Blake Griffin. It should be fascinating to watch what's going out there, what's going on out there in Detroit. Last season, Blake he took Blake he took a career high five threes a game. He shot a respectable thirty four percent from three. That's an upgrade. Blake, you got to showcase your skills a little bit more. He also took a much bigger role as a creator. He averaged, uh, I think, he averaged six assists in the twenty five games with Detroit at the end of the season. So Blake, it's it's showing that you can do it. I need you to, I should have put him in put up a shut up last week. That was my mistake. But Blake, you definitely need to put up this year. 
I need to see an all-star appearance from Blake. Without a doubt. There's no excuse. There's no excuse for Blake not to be an all-star, and there's no excuse for the Detroit Pistons to not make the playoffs this year. At least the AC. There's no excuse. The last but not least on my radar, my man Giannis. At the Tacompo. Age 24, coming into the season. I believe the Greek Freak was established, fully established himself as the best player in the Eastern Conference this year. The Bucks won 45 games in 2014-2015, a 26-win improvement from the year prior. And then three seasons, and then three seasons after that, they still haven't reached 45 wins. So you know what that tells me? That means they've been stuck in the same place. In 2014-2015, they won 41 games, and they still haven't won over 45 games, and it's 2018. So my point is that the Bucs have only had marginal improvements over the last few years. And for a player of Giannis's caliber, I think this team should be better than that, without a doubt. Now, I know the Bucs' management isn't helping, isn't helping this case that much with the type of talent they gave him, but he still has enough with Middleton and Bledsoe to do some damage in the East. Get it done, Giannis. Conference finals, conference finals are bust to me for Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. Conference finals are bust without a doubt. There's no LeBron in the East anymore. I don't want to hear it. Giannis, you got to get it done. You can't be losing to the Celtics that you did last year in the first round. Without Kyrie, you, without Kyrie and without Gordon Hayward, you were the best player on the floor. You should have never lost that. So I'm looking out for him, man. Also... You know what time it is. This episode is See You in June. See you in June, family. And you know what I mean when I say see you in June. The Houston Rockets will see you in June hoisting that Larry O'Brien trophy. Anyone who listens to the show, listens to Above the Rim consistently, the family out there who knows me personally all on twi- or on Twitter, however you communicate with me, Everyone knows that I'm a Rocket supporter, a CP3 and a Carmelo Anthony endorser. <laughs> Those are two of my guys right there. So this segment should come as no surprise. I was robbed of my glory last year, family. I was robbed. <laughs> the basketball guys took it away from me with that injury, man. I mean, I, last year, before the season started, as soon as they made the trade, I said the Rockets were going to win the title or at least go to the finals last year. And they definitely were on the right track until the basketball guys came through. And they killed me, man. They killed me. We all know about CP3's injury. Game 7 of the West Finals. 27 straight missed threes. Stubborn coaching on behalf of Mike D'Antoni and the rest of the Houston Rockets roster. It contributed to the downfall. To most of the downfall of the playoffs of the Rockets run last year. But this year, we're even hungrier. The level of hunger this year is underrated on any championship and on any championship team. And I'm telling you, the hunger level on the Houston Rockets squad is through the roof this year. We know the Rockets reloaded this summer. We lost Trevor Reza, Luke Mbot, Mute, the Prince, Ryan Anderson, Joe Johnson is gone. And we replaced him with Melo, James Ennis, Michael Carter-Williams, MCW, Marquise Chris, Brandon Knight, Gary Clark as well, the rookie. 
I like these additions, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I really, really, really like this team, and I really like these additions, man. Of course, you're going to have the usual doubters and the usual haters, like uh, McIntyre in the beginning talking about the Rockets are going to go to fifth in the West. I'll be on the mound. Fifth in the West? The disrespect. Fifth in the West. <laughs> Ah, that's neither here nor there, right? So I know they want to write off Houston because they added Melo and lost for the reason. Like, that's not a damn upgrade. They might have downgraded a tad bit defensively, but they made up for it on the offensive end. And then they replaced Trevor Reese's defense with James Ennis, Michael Carter-Williams. The team added a ton of guys, Daryl Morey and the staff. I love what they did this summer for the Houston Rockets going into the season. They got younger. They got taller. They got faster. And a lot of these guys have real upside. Michael Carter-Williams is young. James Ennis is still young. A lot of these guys have upside. Marquise, Chris, Brandon Knight still coming off of ACL. We don't know what he's going to be. The core of the team, minus a reason, Luke remains the same. But the bench is deeper. This team is obviously better on the offensive end with Melo over Ryan Anson. That's an obvious upgrade. Stop it. Okay, an obvious upgrade. The acquisitions made in the offseason helped on the defensive side of the ball. Like I said before, James Ennis, Michael Carter-Williams, they will play a lot better than people think because neither player has been in a better fit, been in a better fit at any other previous team in their careers. MCW, he's going to have the best season of his career other than that rookie of the year campaign. You guys are forgetting out there this man is a former rookie of the year. I understand he's had some bad breaks these past couple of years. He's been horrible. But Houston Rockets... Mike D'Antoni, they have a tendency of rejuvenating players' careers. Rejuvenate them. And I think Ennis is going to shine as well as a 3 and D wing. Don't sleep on MCW this year, man. I'm telling you, this guy, I think he's hungry to prove he belongs in the league this year. I think a lot of people have written him off. And I think he can contribute this year at that backup point guard spot. Lengthy, front, lengthy frame. He can be a very disruptive help defender for the Rockets clogging the passing lanes when they load up on switches. I got my eye on MCW this year, man. And in, in, in the preseason, I believe he averages what, 17 a game in the preseason, even though there's only about two games that he's played in thus far. I like the energy that I'm seeing out of him. I really like the energy I'm seeing out of him. So I'm going to look out for him as well. And um, we know about the stats from last year. Come on now. 40-40-3 in the regular season and 11-4 and in the postseason when Harden and CP3 all played together. 44 and 3 in the regular season, 11 and 4 in the postseason when all three of them played. Come on now. Those are not, those aren't numbers to be sneezing at. That trio is good enough to win 60 games. Easy to me. Last said he won 65. I see them winning anywhere between that ballpark, 60 to 65, because I think the, t- the league as a whole has gotten stronger this year. So I see them winning. Uh, 62. I go 62. The mellow disrespect. You're so disrespectful. You heard my man Stephen A in the beginning. The mellow disrespect. Come on, man. Everybody see, everyone seems to quickly forget that Ryan Anderson, whose mobility is more limited than Carmelo Anthony's, he started 50 games for the Rockets last season. 50 games he started for the Rockets last year. But Houston still had a, still had a top-ranked defense, number six in defensive 
efficiency last year. So you mean to tell me that Melo can't improve a little bit on what he did? Ryan Anderson, after he started majority of the season, 50 games? There's 82 games in the season, he started 50, and it was still sixth in the league in defense. Come on now. Give me a break. It's team defense. Relax. Okay? Look how Melo's performing this season, this preseason. He's fitting in seamlessly thus far. Seamlessly. In three games, I know it's a small sample size, family. I know it's small. It's only three games. But he's averaging 14 and 5, 28 minutes per game, only one turnover total in three games. Shooting 53% from the field, 50% from three, shooting six threes a game in this preseason. Melo is bought in. Melo is hungry. Melo, Melo is ready to ball. Y'all cried about Melo coming to Houston so much, but y'all forget he came here for the minimum. The veterans minimum. Tell me how it's not a bargain to get a future Hall of Famer and one of the greatest scorers of all time for the veterans minimum. I'll be on the miles. Stop it. And let's be clear. Melo will be on the floor when it counts the most. CP3 and Harden are some of the best in the business at collapsing defenses. Melo's going to be wide open all day long. His role is going to be a lot of trail threes, catch and shoot, small ball, four pop man for, CB and Harden, for CP and Harden. So please cut the nonsense. Cut the nonsense with this myth also that they're going to be worse with Carmelo Anthony over Trevor Ariza. You don't like this man that much that you think Trevor Ariza is such an upgrade over a career 24 points per game scorer, only two years removed from being the number one option on this team? If you look over the course of, Pat, of the past eight seasons, Trevor Ariza, he shot 36% from three. Same sample size over the past eight seasons. Melo, also 36% from three. They're both very close in age. It's not a downgrade. Relax. I'm going to keep saying that. Relax. Trevor Reza was not a viable threat off the dribble the way Melo can be and then the way Melo is. I understand Melo's defensive prowess isn't as great as Ariza's. But it won't matter as much with the addition of James Hennis as well and the team defensive structure with P.J. Tucker and Clint Capella patrolling the rim and CP3 at the point of attack. When it gets to the playoffs, having Melo on the floor put pressure, will put pressure on opposing stars to defend him. And in turn, their fatigue level raises and they're not as effective on the other end. Let's use last year's West Finals as an example. KD. He was slaughtering the Rockets in one-on-one matchups by just isolating on the mid to high post, either driving or turning and just shooting over the defense. And he was so efficient in that series because he had so much energy on the offensive end. And why did he have so much energy on the offensive end? Because on defense, he was guarding Trevor Ariza, who's strictly a spot-up shooter, which allowed KD to rest on the defensive end. It allowed him to catch his breath on the defensive end. It's easy to guard a three-point specialist that doesn't penetrate to the rim. It's very easy. You just don't help. Just don't help over anyone. Just guard your man at the three-point line and just run him off. With Melo on the floor, there's a respect factor amongst his peers that you have to guard up, and Melo will punish you on the offensive end with his physicality. And that's when Houston was at their best, when they were being physical last year. P.J. Tucker, Clint Capella, Chris Paul. James Harden, Eric Gordon, they were all physical last year, and that was their saving grace, and they made the games ugly. And did Melo just point-blank period, he just got to shut everybody up this year. I need him to average about 18. I need him to give him six rebounds. I need you to shoot about 
47, 48% from the floor. 30, I would say shoot 38% from three would be nice. And just play solid defense. He's going to be drastically better this year due to personnel and due to what's being asked of him. Melo's going to be fine. And I think this year, for the Rockets, CP is going to take more of an active role in ball handling duties this year. I believe this year, he's going to take over the team and become the primary ball handler and distributor in that aspect of taking over the team. They both, him and James Harden, are both co-leads of the team. But I think he's going to take over more of the distributing responsibilities from James Harden. Because James Harden has become a borderline two-way player to me this year. And I want him to take that next leap. He's already got MVP. He's got his accolades. What he's got to do is show me and show us, show the world, he can really guard his man one-on-one. He's not a liability on the defensive end. He made a great leap forward last year, and he became a solid defender. And this year, he should focus on being a solid he should turn into be from a solid to a good NBA defender. And back to that assassin scorer that he is. Nothing to prove for him, for him at all, but finals or bust. He, got a, he already got his MVP. That's how I'm looking at the Houston Rockets, man. Let's put up a shut up. So the Rockets, I mean, they got a nice combination of depth, youth, and hungry veteran leadership, man. And they will, again, to me, in my estimation, have the best record in the league which you know is very crucial when they get to the conference finals. You need home court. You need to. So come on, family. See y'all in June. See you in June. Season awards. I'm gonna give out my season awards, my picks for my season award, 2018-2019 season. My coach of the year. I'm going with Quinn Snyder, the Utah Jazz. I really, I, I think, personally, that was my pick last year. I thought he would get it because the ascension that the Utah Jazz went for last year, they went to be in a, a great team. I wasn't checking for the Jazz at all at the beginning of the season. I didn't even think they were going to make the playoffs, and they ended up getting the fourth seed in the West, beating the Oklahoma City Thunder. Fourth seed in the West, beating the Oklahoma City Thunder in the first round, dominating them, actually, in the first round without home court. He should have gotten it last year, but I think... The Utah Jazz, I think they're, I think they're gonna be better than people think this year. I mean, actually, mm, I might have to take that back because I think a lot of people do have <clears throat> the Utah Jazz high on their list. So maybe he wouldn't get coached here, but I think it's gonna be split between Quinn Snyder or um, Brad Stevens because I think Brad Stevens, they just want to give it to him so bad. I believe he's going to get it. And the Celtics probably is going to have the number one record in the Eastern Conference. So it will be well-deserved. Coach of the year is going to be interesting this year. I'm also looking out for Scotty Brooks maybe over there in Washington. If he could do something with that Washington Wizards squad, he could be a nice candidate. Budenholzer as well out there in Milwaukee. He's a sneaky good candidate for uh, Coach of the Year. Rookie of the Year. I'm going with my man Trey Young. Trey Young, I know a lot of y'all are hating on Trey Young right about now. Oh, he's too small. He can't play the point guard position. He's not going to last. He's a combo guard. Is he a shooter? Is he a point guard? What does he do well? He's too frail. Listen, I don't want to hear that. Y'all said the same things about Steph Curry when he came out of Davidson, when he got into the league. And look what he is now. This is rookie year. I, I'm going with Trey Young. Sleeper. I'm going with the boy Trey. 
for my rookie of the year. He's ended his, I don't know if you've been checking him out this preseason, but he has been averaging 14 and 5 this preseason. He's looking very comfortable. The Atlanta Hawks are in for a rough year. Not much is expected of him. So I think he can just hoop, man. He can just ball out and see where it takes him. I think Trey Young, sky's the limit for Trey Young. I really, I really like his game, man. They need to get some talent over there in Atlanta, ATL. We'll see. Hopefully they can pick from someone in that 2019 class next year. We'll see. Six man of the year. Man, it was hard for me to come up with a six man of the year because I think there's a lot of deserving candidates. And I don't know. So the candidates that I have for six man of the year, I think Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma from L.A. will be a very uh, uh, high potential six man of the year pick. Dennis Schroeder from Oklahoma City. Julius Randle. New Orleans, Eric Gordon, of course, from Houston, and Louisville. Also a sleeper, Lance Stevenson. Already. I'm telling you, man, me, my picks, rookie of the year, I, it was hard for me to choose, but I'm going to go with Dennis Schroeder is the person who I think is going to get it, but who I want to get it is born ready. Lance Stevenson, I feel like Lance Stevenson come off the bench. I think he's going to play a crucial role in L.A. I think he could possibly get you 13 or 14 a game, three rebounds, four assists. Very solid defense, which translates to winning. And I think he's going to be, he might be playing at the end of the games. You never know. I'm rooting for Lance. I want him to win six men in the year. Most improved. This one was also tough for me. I have three potential candidates for most improved. Number one, Isaiah Thomas. It's crazy that this guy was an MVP candidate. Was it two years now? Two or three years ago when he was on the Celtics. I think it's about two years now. This man was top three, top three or top five MVP candidate. Now we're talking about him for most improved. Talking about him playing for a veteran's minimum. It's crazy. I could see him in the running for this. I see Brandon Ingram in the running for this. I already called him an all-star, and I said he's going to be an all-star, so I guess that qualifies for most improved. Shabari Parker as well, also one of the candidates I'm looking at for most improved. Those three, to me, would be with the top three most improved, top three candidates for most improved player of the year. It's going to be interesting, man. All three of them, I think, again, I really can't choose. Um, defensive player of the year, I think would definitely go to Anthony Davis. I think he should have gotten it last year. <clears throat> I think he got it last year. I can't I can't even remember who won defense. Oh no, I think Rudy Gobert won it last year. But um Anthony Davis, he should get it this year. He is the best defensive forward in the league. MVP. I'm going Giannis Atitakumpo. I'm going to Greek freak, man. I'm going to Greek Freak. This is yeah, I said it last year. He should have won MVP. I'm doubling back on it again this year. And, and if he wins it this year, at the tender age of 24, he joins an illustrious group of NBA legends who won their MVP, first MVP award at the same age. Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Moses Malone, and LeBron James. LeBron James. Giannis, it's your time. It's your time, Giannis. I need you to win that MVP, my man. I really do. I really do. That'll be interesting, man. I'm, I'm shouts out to Yannick. I'm uh, Yannick. Uh, excuse me. Shouts out to Giannis, man. Family, send me your pics as well. I want to hit him. Hit that voicemail line. Talk about it. Email me. Hit me on Twitter. 
Let me know your picks for the season awards. And before we get on out of here, my man CL also sent me an email as well, responding to the last episode. So I'm going to go through a couple of these. He also had his put up a shut up levels as well. And uh, right off the bat, let's let's read these. CL, <laughs> shout out to you from the Brothers Lame and Sports Happy Hour. Make sure, make sure you guys go out there and check it out. Um, LeBron, he had his pressure level at a two. A two, CL. He said he doesn't have the same outside pressure to continue his final streak. But this Laker team is still expected to make some noise. Supposedly, he's never lost in the first round, so that would be a bad look if he did. I agree there. I, I, be, I believe this is LeBron's, the least amount of pressure he's ever had to win. And he just can't lose in the first round. Anything other than losing in the first round is okay for LeBron this year. Uh-oh, he has CP3 out of five. Five plus. <laughs> Five plus. Um, he said hamstring conspiracy? Question mark. It definitely was a conspiracy, CL. Um, he's been hurting the playoffs way too many times. The clock is ticking and his body is struggling to hold up. He's definitely got to prove worthy of that $40 million contract and help deliver a chip or minimum get to the finals. I agree with you there. I mean, it's always put up a shutout for, C- for CP3. That's what happens when you're the point guard. That's all good. That's what happens when you're the point guard. But he's going to put up this year as he does, as he does every year. Injuries are unfortunate. I mean, I just find it funny how a lot of people bring up Chris Paul's injuries, but gloss over the fact that Kyrie Irving gets injured a lot in the playoffs. He's missed, what, two or three playoffs now in his young career? A lot of people gloss over that now. Keep the same energy, family. Keep the same energy. That's all I'm saying. Steph Curry's missed... Playoff series as well. Keep the same energy. Why? Because they had both have titles? Because Kyrie Irving had a, a title because he played with LeBron? Would Kyrie have that title if LeBron wasn't there? Put Chris Paul on that team instead of Kyrie. They wouldn't have a title? That's all I'm saying. Situation dictates success. Keep the same energy. You talk about CP3's hamstrings. Let's talk about Kyrie's knees. Keep the same energy. Melo, out of what CL said. He got him at a five. I agree with man. I think everyone has Melo at a five right now, CL. Said his reputation is on the line. Harps on being a starter. He'll get his one-on-one opportunities. He has to prove he can get along with Dan Tony and fit in the system, but he's not the focal point. I agree, and I think he will this year. I think this is Melo's year to show, to, to quiet the naysayers, quiet the haters, and show that he's a team player. He also talked about KD. You got him at a 2CL. Back-to-back chips and finals MVPs. He's chirping about the Defensive Player of the Year award, which made me bump him up from a 1. <laughs> I agree. KD is crying right now for the Defensive Player of the Year honors. I don't want to see that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. You shouldn't have went over there and stacked the deck. You weren't about individual accolades. No. He also, CL also got Steph Curry at a 1. Wow, CL. Come on now. Boy, if you don't get a one, three chips in four years, he says fan favorite. Yes, he has no finals MVP, but he doesn't care. He'll trade that in for another ring. I agree. I agree. I mean, championships are obviously most important than finals MVPs. I'm just saying, let's not gloss over that as well. That he has not been the best player in the championship series in any of these championships that they won. If he was, he would have won finals MVP. Iguodala won it. And then Kevin Durant won it twice. I don't want to hear it. He needs a finals MVP. I don't want to hear it. 
CL got Westbrook as a five. The way last season ended was very ugly, taking 40-plus shots and being selfish in the fourth quarter. He has to prove he can be a true superstar and, more importantly, a leader who can make his teammates better. Triple-doubles don't matter anymore. I agree. Can I lose in the first round or three for three straight years? Or it would really look like KD carried that team. I agree, man. It's, it's unacceptable for, for Russ to be losing in the first round. You got to hold this man accountable. He has Kyrie at a four. He wrote, stay healthy. Thank you. Stay healthy. Show that you can do more than just dance with the ball and score. Take, take the leadership role in this team and get them to the finals. I agree. I just need Kyrie to stay healthy. I agree. He's put up a shut up for him, too. I don't, I don't want to hear anything. Kyrie needs to play at this, at this postseason or else I'm slandering him, too. I mean, I've been slandering uh, Kyrie for, for just for people glossing over the fact that he has missed a lot of games due to injury. But he is a bad boy. That man can ball. He's phenomenal. He's a phenomenal talent. So we'll see how that is. And um, Isaiah Thomas, I think he had a three. He just needs to get back to being a really good six man. Damn, CL, you were relegating Isaiah Thomas to being a six man. I think it's his time as a starter may be gone, unfortunately. On this team, he won't have the opportunity to average 18 to 20 points a game playing behind Gary Harris and Jamal Murray. I mean, I agree, but he's got to find a way. He should be starting over them. He's a better player than Gary Harris or damn Jamal Murray. He's better find a way to get 18 to 20 points per game if he wants to get paid. And if he doesn't, he's going to be a six man. And that's terrible. That's terrible. Terrible. I'm really looking out for Isaiah Thomas, man. I, 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 I'm I rooting for him a lot, man. We'll, we'll see how that goes. So, see, I appreciate the email, my brother. Family, make sure you guys are sending in the emails as well. Responses to this episode and any episode you heard on Above the Rim. This is episode 70. Hit the email up at above the rim nba podcast at gmail.com hit me on twitter at just blaze underscore 513 ig is at just blaze 513 it's a talk about a line is voicemail line as well but family this is episode 70 above the rim see you in june we out This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more pain. Yeah, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.